if you don't present it well, where it's actually a benefit to the seller, they're always going to say no. The only reason someone would finance you uh, on owner financing is if it suits them. It has to be a solution to their problem, not a solution to our problem. Welcome to the Big Fat Real Estate Checks Podcast with Marco Kozlowski, where we help investors like you get the knowledge and skills you need to replace your J-O-B with passive cash flow for life. Hey, Marco here. I really wanted to share with you our earlier podcasts that we created. Now, our mics were not the best, but the content was really strong. And I know you will learn a lot. We had an absolute blast recording this, and I know you're absolutely going to love it as much as we loved recording it. This extremely content-rich information will not only give you the edge in your real estate investing business, but in everyday life. Enjoy. Three ways. We're, we're talking about three ways? Three, three ways. ways. Oh, three ways you can buy property creatively is what we're talking about. Yes. Not, uh, the old <laughs> 1980s three ways. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, there are obviously many ways to skin the real estate cat. And in fact, most of our acquisitions are not done through conventional ways, uh, mortgage down payment or mortgage from asset-based lender. Most of our deals are done creatively by one of these three basic strategies that I'm going to share with you. Now, again, we're only going to brushstroke this. It's There's a lot of steps. There are a lot of steps in order to uh, to make these things a reality. Certain asset classes, I don't recommend perhaps some of these strategies, but it gives you sort of the big idea on how to how to take down some property. Uh, we'll start with, I guess, the easiest one, which is maybe a vendor take back, also owner known as owner financing, where the owner is holding a mortgage. And instead of going to a bank, the owner is the one that's going to be lending the money on the property that he has or she has or Shim has. It's a very simple strategy. It actually works well with those that don't need money. They do want to walk, uh, they want to move on, but they just are tired of the property and they don't know what they're going to do with the money that they have once they've sold it. And they would prefer to continue to get income from the asset versus just put it in the bank and let it rot there. There's really no value in putting money in a bank at all. So a question I always ask when I'm negotiating is, you know, what are you going to do with the money or what's your next move? What are you going to do next? Are you going to do a 1031? Are you going to reinvest the money? Uh, you know, or what are you going to do with it? And if the answer is, I don't know, I'm going to put it in the bank and figure out what I want to do or maybe put it to my, towards my retirement. It's actually better if they put it in a retirement account, it's just going to stay there and get spent. If they're getting an interest on it, they can possibly even live off the interest mm -hmm. if the, the property is big enough. So if the property has enough value, I should say, if there's a, like, if it's a million dollar vendor take back, you know, and they're getting a 5% interest, it's $50,000 a year that they're getting an interest. So they're still owed the million dollars. So they're not spending the 50, that's 50 that they can live on without having to dip into the million dollars of equity that they actually have. Great. So, and that's actually one of the, one of the questions we ask early on in the conversation is why you, you know, we why, are you selling? Speak, why you selling the property? Yeah. And yes, it could be in that case, you know, some of them do need the money for whatever reason, another project, another acquisition, medical. We talked about the five D's in a different yeah. episode they should listen to. But yeah, someone that's just tired of being an owner or a landlord. They're like, you know what? I'm tired. I want to hang up my hat. I want to hang up my jacket. I don't want none of this. Uh, yeah, they want to start uh, traveling. They want to do something Whatever else. the case is for them, actually, you're providing a solution. Like we said, always and always, this is a people helping people help a business. And if that person or that seller basically... 
so you're servicing two objectives here. Number one, they want to get rid of it so they can go travel, you know, they can just retire and just enjoy the rest of the years they have on this planet. And B, at the same time, you're helping them make their money work for themselves. And we talked about that in another episode, like the bad debt, good debt. So you have money there, money basically doing nothing is dying. So if you're not growing, you're dying. So you're servicing their needs at that time. So mm -hmm. I know you mentioned before, yes, you would use that strategy in different asset classes, different scenarios, but there's also different paperwork or language in the paperwork that changes. So try not to do that on your own without the proper terminology in there. Yes. Because you will get burned on when it's due, when it's payable, how often it's payable, things like that. And you can just do the math calculation in there. And there's so many cool things that you can do with terms. They could even hold a second where, you know, you're borrowing the lender for whatever reason, doesn't like the area, but you're convinced that it's, and all the data shows that it's a great deal, but the lender just doesn't like it for whatever reason. And instead of giving you all the money, they're only going to give you 80% of what we need. That happens. The lender just doesn't feel comfortable. Remember, whoever makes the gold makes the rules. Whoever has, whoever the, has gold the gold makes the rules. Forgive me. And if they're the ones that are lending and they're not comfortable exposing themselves any more than X amount and you're missing a little juice, then you could always ask for the seller. The seller saying, listen, here are the things that we've discovered and here's the issue that we have. We'd love to be able to give you, you know, everything that we want, but here's the problem. Here's how we can fix it. Would you be okay with holding 20,000, 200,000, 100,000, whatever the number mm -hmm. is? And we'll give you most of it and the small little amount, just, you know, we're going to owe it to you. And if it's presented correctly, again, it's all in the presentation. If you don't present it well, where it's actually a benefit to the seller, they're always going to say no. The only reason someone would finance you on financing is if it suits them. It has to be a solution to their problem, not a solution to our problem. You can't say, well, I'm broke. I need you to finance me. That's not solving the seller's well, problem. You can, but you won't get yeah, it. You won't get it. <laughs> well, you might get lucky. Even a yeah. blind squirrel finds a nut once in a while, That's right? That's true. So I'm not saying it, it will never happen because it's possible, but it's the presentation that makes the whole thing possible. So, you know, we'd love to write you a check, but if we do, you're going to be taxed at a higher amount. So it's better if, you know, if we do it this way, you're not receiving all the money and this is how we're going to do it. We're going to actually create a huge tax savings for yourself. Mm -hmm. So if you understand those things, present it in a way where it, actually helps the seller. And I can't tell you how many times we've done deals where we're actually paying a lot less for the property, but the seller actually nets out a lot more yeah. by doing it our way. thanked by the sellers yes. after for because a lot of these strategies, even the sellers sometimes have to be educated on the process of getting it done. And once they dig into it, and a lot of them will go see their attorneys or whatnot. And CPAs. And, 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 CPAs, and, and, and have their CPAs call us, yeah. and we explain it to them. And yeah. that's fine, because at the end of the day, we have to make sure that everybody's happy. Nobody's forced to do anything, and nobody's taken by surprise by anything. So we want to make sure everything is clear and clear. And then post-transaction, we get thanked. I mean, they thank us because they got a benefit out of this. And they actually learned something that they can apply to anything else after that. And that's the key thing. They learned something that they may have not known that existed. And because if they don't understand it, then a confused mind, like you would say, will yeah. always say no. That's right. So defense they, mechanism, no. Yeah, so they have to know what you're doing, why you're doing it, and how the mechanics work. Mm -hmm. And obviously we're not gonna go into details on this, but on that strategy may be simple, but there's other strategies where there are moving parts, more than one. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit challenging sometimes to explain it, but we dumb it down mm -hmm. to explain it. And again, that we're not doing it. It's the lawyers that are doing it. It's the CPAs that are putting this deal together. We're just proposing the high-level thinking of it. Hey, this is what we could do. Here's the benefit to you for doing that. Think about it. Show your lawyer. 
glad for our lawyer to phone your lawyer or, or our CPA to phone your CPA. And you'd be very transparent. And when you they can do verify that. that, you know, this is something we've done before and, you know, it's above board, it's kosher mm-hmm. and it's, you know, we're not trying to screw anyone. We're just trying to get the best deal for everyone based on the pieces on the board. Yep. So owner financing means that you owe the seller money. Okay. Owner financing means the owner is financing you in some way, either a first position, second position, third position. These are different mortgages that are before or after the mortgage that the seller is going to be holding. And I want to make that clear because the second way that we're going to buy a lot of property is taking over debt. Now, taking over debt is not owner financing because I don't owe the seller anything in a debt takeover. If I'm taking over their entire debt and cashing the seller out, then there's no owner financing involved. I want to write a check to the seller, say, bye, see you later. I don't want to be married to you anymore. I'm just going to take over the debt that's there. Now, whether this is a residential property, now, if it's a one to four unit, in 1986, there was a Garn St. Germain Act that was enacted. It's a federal law that says that your property can go into a trust, a land trust, without activating the due on sale clause. So if a seller puts their property into a trust and uh, we can actually buy that trust, there's a way to buy the trust, it would not activate the due on sale clause. Now, you need the right paperwork and it needs to be presented in the right way. And even on a HUD settlement statement, there's a clause that's, you know, that basically is, you know, uh, taken over subject to. Subject to means the existing financing. And it's on a HUD line item, which is a federal document. In the 80s, we discussed this on another episode. Uh, This happened all the time where people were just swapping mortgages back and forth. Then the banks started imposing due on sale clauses. And this is why the Garden St. Germain Act happened in 1986 is because the prime rate was so high, people needed to protect themselves against it. And no one, very few people know about this stuff. It's it's like the lost art of taking over debt. Yeah. Only, I'd say, a very small percentage of the population really understands this. And it's a federal law that basically allows a seller, an owner, to put their property into a trust for asset protection purposes and not call the loan due, which allows us to actually take over that trust. It's got to be done the right way. You have to have the right paperwork. And I actually, you know, it takes me a whole day to teach someone how to do this. It can't be done in a 20, 30 minute. And again, that's for a one uh, to four units. This is one to four units only. If you have a five unit building, it's considered commercial. The Garden State Germain Act does not apply. So there are other ways of doing this, which we're not necessarily going to get into. But there are other ways other than putting into a trust. If you take a five unit, put into a trust, you're going to, the dual on sale clause is going to happen. So it's very difficult. I don't recommend it, but you can do it. But if you're risking the asset being taken back, and I've already gone through that in an or at episode. least the, well, the, the note being, being called, called. Yeah. the note being called, yeah, which means uh, it goes into foreclosure, even though you haven't missed a payment. Most people think foreclosure means payment missed. I have notes where if you overpay by a certain amount, it violates the terms, you can go into foreclosure. So if you make double payments, it's actually considered a violation and they can mm-hmm. foreclose over making double payments. Because a lender wants a certain amount of return. They don't want to accelerate the mortgage. They yeah. want to have that and, payment. And usually they have anniversary dates where you can double down or, sure. or on the things. So again, these things were put in place by financial institutions that make billions of dollars because they saw people were not circumventing. They were just, hey, man, if I, money. Save a bucket, if I got a mortgage <laughs> yeah. that's already in place and you're buying my property, especially in the 80s where it's double digit, high double digits, you're like, just take over my mortgage and just pay me the rest. Mm-hmm. And the banks didn't like that. And... I guess there was a lobbyist and a group of people that did that. And that's why the St. Uh, Garden St. Germain. Germain Act came in, in fruition. Yeah, out right? of Utah. Yeah. Yep. Garden St. Germain was out of Utah. So my first year in business in real estate, I took over a ton of debt. Now I was, I got emotional. I bought as many properties as I could, but I was buying properties completely upside down. It's really hard to make $400,000 
I was taking over debt of 400,000 and the property was worth 200,000. I was just amazed that I could take over a debt and not qualify for it. And, you know, <laughs> and I was $200,000 upside down and I made promises to sellers I couldn't keep because I was just so, I was so amazed that I could own a property as a Canadian in the U.S. without having to go through a bank. To me, that was like a little orgasm. And I did that as many times as I could. And I realized I can't make this up in volume. I can't buy 200 properties that are upside down and, and make money. You know, I made money on, on two that actually, you know, ended up having to pay off the, the ones that I screwed up on. And those are just lessons that I had to learn. And you can combine the first first one with the second one. I was going to say, yeah. that's the second step. Yeah, you, know, you can take over debt and have owner financing in the, exactly. in the same transaction. So, so we, you know, we take over the debt that's mm-hmm. there and they don't need all the money. They just need some of the money. So mm-hmm. you can give them some cash. Correct. And then uh, have them hold uh, paper uh, for the rest. Yeah. That's double um, dipping. That's And you can do that. You can do multiple strategies mm-hmm. on the same transaction. And another one is uh, lease, options. lease options. Let's do lease options. Because there's there's so many that we can take over the, the corporation. You know, we can do a wraparound mortgage. Uh, we can do a contract for deed. Uh, but let's go into lease options. Uh, lease options. Okay. It's probably the simplest to understand. A lease option is exactly that. You have a lease. You're basically leasing the property. And this is how I started. I bought probably close to 100 houses this way, is I would look for properties that were for rent and for sale. Mm-hmm. I would negotiate a lease term. I would basically present myself as someone that it was a relocation, relocation expert. And I would tie up a property with a lease that was under market. And then I would find, and then I would negotiate the price of the property that was also under market. I would negotiate three months of non-payment. So I was basically like a real estate agent, except took responsibility for making the payments. So I basically said, listen, your property's for lease. It's already been for lease for two months now. You haven't gotten anyone. I'm going to lease your property. I'm going to guarantee the rent for the next five years. All right. And at this amount, and I have the right to release it. And if I can't find a tenant within X amount of time, then I'm going to start making the payments. Mm-hmm. I'll take responsibility. And they're like, I like that. And if you want to sell it, let's negotiate a price. So we negotiated under market. So I had a contract to lease the property and I had a contract to buy it under market. I would then find a tenant that would want to lease the property for a higher amount. Then you were paying. I would make the spread. So, and I would usually be able to find that person within a 30 day period of time Mm -hmm. because I understood the marketing process on how to find someone. So if I would negotiate $800 a month on the lease, I would find someone at $1,200 a month. Mm -hmm. I would get first and last immediately. Right. Mm -hmm. And I had no payments for three months. So I got some scratch in my pocket, right, for, 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 yeah, for doing that. Yeah. They would get, but not only first and last, they would have then an option deposit on purchasing the property for a lot higher at future than value than what I bought it for. So I get like maybe six, seven, eight thousand dollars up front. But you would have to have, again, you would have to have language in there that your option to buy is assignable to do oh, what you just mentioned right there. It is. So again, it's all in the paperwork. You're just going over the... Yes. Brush stokes of it, but yes. Yeah, so, so you got someone to agree yeah. on a higher price of your option to buy. Yes, and so you're making the spread on the lease amount. Yep. So what you are leasing it from the owner versus what the new the person that's leasing it to you from, and you're also you pocket three months worth of lease. Uh, right I, 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 like I would well I'd get two because you know if it was the first of January and I'd I start making payments the first of April. So I might get someone by let's say the twenty second of January mm-hmm. or the second of February. So they would. I, I had no payments in February. I had no payments in March. Mm-hmm. So I got those two free payments in my pocket, right? Because mm, right. I had no payments to the seller. Plus you got the last, first and last. I got said. first and last, and I got a, a, an option deposit. Because one was a lease, 
Gotcha. And another one was an option deposit. So, so let's explain that. So the option deposit with the actual owner, just say you gave him $10,000, you would ask the new tenant that was going in there with the option for a $15,000 deposit. No, I got no... Oh. My option to buy the property was a dollar. Like it was, okay, there was fine. no deposit. But you could seller. still use that strategy if there was an option deposit of just say 5000 You can get someone else to do another option with you for 7000 Yes, and make the spread. And make I, the spread. I never negotiated an option deposit that was more than like a hundred bucks or. A so to summarize, Marco was able to use the lease option to enter a property, and again use a lease option as an exit on the same deal. Yep. So he's basically sandwiched it's, himself. They're called sandwich lease called options. Called sandwich lease options, yeah. and so he sandwiched himself between the two. Now. On a commercial property with five, six, twenty, do 30, you do a master lease. It's called right. Correct, you, yeah. you start off with a master lease where you're leasing the whole building, 50, the whole building. fifty units or, yeah. or, or twenty yeah. units, whatever. We're going to rent the whole building under and one do master the exact lease. same thing, but it's just under last master lease agreement as opposed to a lease Correct. agreement. And then I sell it to someone else with another master lease option agreement. Yeah. They, they could take care of the problem. Three creative ways. Yep, all of them without risk, all of them without using credit. Again, none uh, of your own money. None of my own money. money. Actually, I, you're making money on the on and those I, transactions. And I stress that every one of these solutions are really positioned as solutions. I never once said that I was broke, which I was. It's all I'm a I'm a relocation expert. That's what. I, well, I'm relocating people, and I'm going to call myself an expert. And yeah. you don't have to. You know, you're showing this place, and you're you know you're busting your ass. You don't have time for this. They're not going through a real estate agent for a reason. Mm-hmm. They want to save money. They don't have maybe maybe there's not enough equity in the property in order to pay the agent, which many times it happens. And I was able to negotiate three months of free rent, but because I'm not living there, it's clear that I'm not the one living there. I'm not mm-hmm. looking to live there. I'm looking to show the place. You're a real okay. And who, what agent is going to guarantee rents for the next five years? No one. Right? Nobody. Yeah. So it was a really good deal for them. Mm-hmm. You know you're going to get paid for the next at least five years, or until I buy it, whichever comes first. Now make sure that whoever buys the property gets to buy it before your term expires on the lease option. Yes. Ask me why I know that. <laughs> I actually made that mistake. Oh my goodness. Okay, so your date was before the Yes, yes. so I actually, well, the seller wouldn't sell it to me because they knew what was going on and mm-hmm. they ended up making all the money. So it was my bad, my mistake. Wow, all right. Well, and It could go. have actually been a lot worse because I have a responsibility to sell this thing that I, I don't own yet, right? So... It could have been a lot worse than if it was. If he sold it to someone else. If he could have said, I yeah. don't want this. I want to keep it for myself. And they could have sued me to that's, actually that's right. for specific performance because I made a promise to sell this thing. So yeah. I had the dates mixed up. My fault, 100%. Not anybody else's. I take full responsibility for the shitty thing that I that I did, which was not pay attention. And it potentially could have hurt the seller and hurt the people that were in there. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, I got out with not making any money. Mm-hmm. And that, that's, that, that's, that's a good thing. That was a... Fin- yeah, I was the best case scenario. But let me tell you that I was pissed that I didn't make any money. Mm. And it's only in retrospect when I realize exactly how terrible it could have been. How lucky how, you were. How lucky well, I was. Well, you sold was. someone a house without any rights to because mm-hmm. you were you were supposed to exercise your option before the, right. the yes, other party did. Exactly. And yeah. you didn't. So it was my bad. And I take responsibility for that. So again, I'm here because of the mistakes that I made. And I don't want you to make mistakes. I want you to learn from other people's mistakes. It's much better. So those are a really good three ways um, creatively buying property. Mm-hmm. And I have 17 other ways. I have 21 ways of doing this. All so no that's credit. 18 other ways. Uh, 17 plus 3 is 20. 20. One. He's a duck in your three. Oh, that's He's right. Holding, yeah, I, he's holding I, I carrying the three. <laughs> yeah.
He's carrying he's still, the one. He's still carrying the three from another episode. <laughs> I, have, I, have 21, I have 21 ways of doing this, and I can't do math. <laughs> so I'm just an orangutan. So that loves Costco. That's <laughs> quite yes. docile. So there's a lot of ways to, uh, to do this. And if you get really good at all these ways, you can intermix these and basically almost create a, a limitless toolbox of ways of doing something that most would just go, I don't even know how you thought of that. And, and you can have an unlimited amount of properties. And without yeah. having money or risk involved. Correct. No, I like the tool, the toolbox. That's what exactly they are. They're tools for certain situations, for solutions. Mm -hmm. so. yep. And when you're building a house, which is your house of wealth and your, your mansion of wealth or your fortress of wealth, you need multiple tools in order to do it properly. And I'd love for you to learn these tools. If you have any questions on what we discussed today, send me an email. Uh, give us some feedback. Marco at MarcoKozlowski.com. Love to hear from you and love to hear your feedback. Thanks for joining us. See you on the next episode. If you like this episode of Big Fat Real Estate Checks, then show some love by leaving a comment and a good rating. Also, as a thank you for tuning in today, we've got a special free gift. The journey to passive cash flow for a life starts by finding deals, and it's easier than you think. Simply go to getdealsbytuesday.com, enter your email address, and we'll send you a free quick start course called Deals by Tuesday. Even if it's 11 p.m. Monday night, this course will show you how to find discounted real estate deals by Tuesday. It's that fast and simple. Go to getdealsbytuesday.com and start your journey toward life-changing cash flow today. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next episode. Mm -hmm.